0: Hey there, it's Hunter, and welcome to Throwback Thursday. Most Thursdays, we are going to re-release one of my favorite episodes from the archives. So unless you're a longtime listener of the show, there's a good chance you haven't heard this one yet. And even if you had, chances are that you are going
1: to get something new listening to it this time around. The limitation of judgment is it's masking what's truly going on at the human level. And if we can speak instead at that human level, we can reach a lot more understanding and and move together society to make things better. You're listening to the Mindful Mama
0: Podcast, episode number 304. And today we're talking about nonviolent communication for parents with Sunena and Matt Marquez. Welcome to the Mindful Parenting Podcast. Here it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Parenting, We know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark-Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 25 years, I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting course, and I'm the author of the international bestseller Raising Good Humans, and now Raising Good Humans Every Day, 50 Simple Ways to Press Pause, Stay Present, and Connect with Your Kids. Welcome back to the Mindful Mama podcast. Hey, so great to connect with you again, and a special welcome. If you are new, of course, I always want to say hello to the new people but you know those people come back again and again you're you're my peeps too you're totally my peeps and i'm so glad to connect with you for me personally it feels like it's been a while because i have been away my family and i went traveling to visit friends in greece in August, and this is the first intro and outro I'm recording since then, but it's so appropriate that we're talking about communication here today because there was such a big highlight of the trip was communication, learning, some Greek, and all the different nuances of communication, you know? <laughs> communication is really this thing that can be endlessly studied and perfected. I wish we we taught it more in schools, but I know that as you and I learn it more and practice more skillful communication in our families. I know it's going to be better for the next generation. I know that. Maybe they won't learn some Greek, but I can teach you a little Greek if you want. You could say, Calimera, to say, hello, good day. Calimera, or Yasa, anyway, is like, hi. <laughs> so that's my Greek lesson for today. But it's amazing how your tone of voice and all those things matter so, so much. But Greek aside, you are, are going to love this episode because I talked to Matt and Sunaina Marquez. They're founders of the Happy Wanderers Club, which is all about communicating using nonviolent communication. So you may have heard of nonviolent communication. One of the things I studied in creating mindful parenting and writing Raising Good Humans. And with nonviolent communication or NVC, we're learning to like hear our own deeper needs and those of others and so it really has a beautiful emphasis on deep listening and it really helps us to have compassion and to create a deeper connection which is really really beautiful so there's some incredibly important takeaways that i want you to look out for one is that just taking that first step towards softening softening can really positive change in negative interaction and i know that that involves a lot of other work involves us reducing our stress levels overall and all kinds of things. But it really is the key, right? And then also we can find empowerment and we can find some freedom by actually taking responsibility for our own feelings. So we're going to dive in deeper to that and how empathy and non-judgment are key to finding a deeper connection and understanding. So our brains are primed towards judgment it's normal, it's the way we are, but we can practice non-judgment and starting to practice to be a little more open-minded, a little more curious, a little bit more wondering what's going on rather than deciding whether this is right or wrong, good or bad, immediately. This is going to be a powerful episode, really important one. I love, love, love talking to Sunaina and Matt. They're totally up that mindful mama alley, (laughs) and I think that you're going to find a lot that you love about this episode, so I can't wait for you to dive into it. And before we dive in, I just want to let you know that you can see clips of the video from this episode, as well as a lot of short teaching sessions from me over at the Mindful Mama Mentor YouTube channel. So just go to YouTube, search for Mindful Mama Mentor, like and subscribe it, right, so we can grow the channel and get this information out to more parents. If you found some ah ahas here, it's a great way for you to share it around on social media. And if you are interested in taking the work deeper that we talk about today, you're interested in learning more about the Mindful Parenting membership, go to mindfulparentingcourse.com. You can get on the wait list. We'll send you some information because all the work we talk about here in this episode is the work that we do in Mindful Parenting. So keep that in mind. And if you like what you hear today, go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and get on the wait list and we'll send you some great free info. So, all right. That's it, my friend. So glad you're here. So glad to connect again. Without further ado, join me at the table as I talk to Sunaina and Matt. Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over. You're losing it and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent. You don't have a cohesive method and you take in bad advice like, just count to one, two, three. Mindful Parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In mindful parenting, you can learn how to stay calm even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Go to MindfulParentingCourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's MindfulParentingCourse.com. I'll see you there. Marcus. Janina and Matt, welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for having us. We're thrilled to be here.
2: Yes, thank you so much. Really excited. So
0: as we've said like, I'm so excited to talk to you because when I created mindful parenting in 2015 or whatever it was, NVC was one of the big, uh, communication styles I studied. I looked at NVC, um, and, and, um, I also looked at parent effectiveness training and, and, and got trained in that. And, um, looking at, You know, these communication styles that are so fascinating that have been around for a long time um, and and can really transform the way we communicate, the way we think about the way we think about ourselves, all these different things. And yet it's it's like still not I I feel like it's out there. It's really, really out there, but it's not quite I want it like in the school systems anyway. First, maybe you could tell us like what is what is NVC and nonviolent communication? We'll probably call it by NVC throughout this podcast. We're talking about nonviolent communication created by Marshall Rosenberg. He and um, Thomas Gordon, who created parent effectiveness training. we both studying under the same teacher who I forgot that guy's name. So maybe you can help me with that. But um, tell us what nonviolent communication is. And then I'd love to hear like what brought you to it personally?
1: Sure. Um, so I, I think the best way I know how to explain what nonviolent communication is is to kind of share some of the struggles we have had with our now nine-month-old daughter, Inara. <laughs> um, and we're first-time parents. So this example that I'm going to share is our struggles with nap time. We had no idea nap time would be so difficult. Um, and we noticed that our darling little daughter, even though she was so exhausted, would fight going to sleep. She would flail around. She would um, cry out and vocalize. And we just didn't get it. She's clearly tired. Why isn't she just sleeping? And it was kind of frustrating, you know, as first-time parents were exhausted and we want our our break time as well. Um, And so we decided to try a little bit of curiosity. And we said, we asked ourselves, what is it that Inara is needing that she's just not able to potentially communicate to us? And through that, we started wondering and we said, you know what, she is probably so excited about this brand new world that she just wants to play. She wants to explore. She wants adventure. And she just doesn't want to sleep. Sleep is something she doesn't want to do. And when we were able to kind of have this curiosity and look for those underlying needs that she might have, we were able to come up with strategies to get both of our needs met. So now if she's resisting nap time, we just hand her a toy or like an orange or a piece of fruit and she'll just play with it and fall asleep. Um, oftentimes, that's all it takes um, for her, and so we were able to get her needs met and our needs met through this curiosity. Um, we realized that she was basically asking with her with her fussiness and her struggles. She was saying, "Please, um, I want to play. Please, I want exploration. I want adventure." And um, and yeah, we were able to get in touch with that. And we these are needs we all have. We all want play and adventure and exploration. And so just as Inara was unable to communicate her needs because she didn't have the language to do so. We all are basically grown-up babies, right We're all grown-up children, and some so true yeah <laughs> exactly and, and sometimes we just we haven't been taught that language or we haven't have learned that awareness to communicate our needs or even be in touch with them. Um, and so NVC is the practice of going that deeper level of going deeper and saying you know, what am I feeling right now and why? What are those needs that are alive in me? Um, And other people, if they're engaging in ways that we don't understand, that we're frustrated with, confused about, we can wonder what are the needs that are underlying that behavior and have conversations at that deeper level so that there's clarity in our communication. We're not saying at the surface level of judgments of you're right or wrong or you're being dumb or being ridiculous or whatever words we use. We're able to go down at that level of clarity so that people can hear us and we can hear ourselves without defensiveness. And uh, I I love to share something that one of my dear friends in the NBC community shared with me. And she said that we we don't naturally, we're not naturally born judging others. You know, babies don't judge. If it's been too long since they've had milk, they don't say, you're a bad mom. You're a bad dad. You should do this. You should do that. They just cry and they say, I'm hungry. Please feed me. I'm hungry. I need milk. I need food. It's only as we get older do we forget how to maybe connect to those very basic human needs that we all have. And so we say things like, you messed up big time by forgetting our anniversary. How could you do that? You're not a good partner. We say that instead of things like, I'm so sad because I so wanted to celebrate our love together and I wanted to feel special and valued today. That second way of speaking is much more likely to get us to feel closer to our partners, to get us to a place of mutual understanding and partnership. And that's what NVC teaches us how to do and where, how we can speak from that place.
0: I mean, I love this all so much because the underlying skill underneath all of NVC that is, you know, not talked about as much it is mindfulness. Like mindfulness is awareness in the present moment with an attitude of kindness and curiosity, right? So you're saying like when you describe going to your daughter, you're bringing mindfulness. You're saying, okay, I'm bringing this awareness. What is happening for her? What are her needs? But also what is happening for me? You know, this 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 kind and curious awareness for for both of you. And and I and the, I love that there's this acknowledgement of you know, NBC really acknowledges both sides, right? It's not just like it's like, well, well, you know, you have needs and I have needs, and this is really the heart of every conflict is that we we may have different needs, and how can we how how can we communicate them in a way that doesn't cause so much resistance, right? It's interesting, you know. You, I think you're right, like that we don't we aren't born judging people. But sometimes I, I've, as I've watched like my daughters grow, I've wondered like, well, you know, like with my first daughter, like I was not very skillful for the first n- X number of years. And uh, but like sometimes it seems like blaming, it seems like a natural human tendency, like the as we have get a sense of self that that small ego like we want to protect that ego wants to protect ourselves and so to say something is your fault is to protect the ego in some ways too so there's some interesting kind of uh pieces around there that you're welcome to dive into but i'd also love to see like what brought you to this like you now have a nine month old or however however she is now but obviously you were studying this long before then Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. Is called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app.
3: That's it, Understood Explains. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above,
0: So two questions there. I don't know. Yeah,
2: I, I, can, <laughs> I can, I can, I can, I can tackle that that first one. Um, about, I mean, what what you were saying, I think, is so true about you know wanting to protect ourselves, and it's so easy to blame other people for how we're feeling. And you know, I actually have a pretty good example of of one that happened very recently because you know, for the last five months, we've actually been living with Sonana's mom, and you know, uh, my mother in law is this incredibly loving caring, generous person who's opened up her home to us and, you know, she cares for our baby, you know, hours every day. But over time, uh, I found myself, you know, feeling really frustrated and, you know, kind of uneasy and maybe even angry at times uh, when I was around them uh, because I just found myself kind of wanting to nitpick all the little things she was doing, which maybe I wouldn't have done, but I just wanted to kind of just get in there and say, no, 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 you're doing this wrong. You should be feeding her this way or doing this and this. And it was really starting to build up. I, I could really there was a lot more tension, you know, in the house. And it was really only after, you know, talking to Seneina and I think really allowing myself to feel this curiosity and 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 vulnerability, I think, too, to understand why am I feeling this way, you know, what is causing this. Um, and I realized that, you know, when I was handing, you know, my baby over to my mother in law, she was so excited. It was almost like she was kind of coming alive. And I was I was feeling so sad, because I could see this relationship growing between them, and I really wanted that for myself. I didn't feel that connection with my daughter. And I was realizing that, yes, I was feeling this frustration, this unease, this even anger at times with my my mother-in-law, but really the core of this, when I looked deeper underneath that, is I really wanted a connection with my daughter. And really only after I made that realization I think that I feel that relief, you know, I, that this was all actually happening, you know, with within me and, you know, I could do something about that. And so actually just even last night, actually, we, we kind of sat down and had a conversation where I was able to make some requests, you know, of my my mother-in-law that I know would not have been possible, you know, without using MVC, without having this awareness and, you know, curiosity and vulnerability. And, and it's, it has been such a relief to kind of get to that place from, you know being so easily like oh this is your fault why you're doing all this stuff wrong it's like no i want something different how can i figure out how to achieve that and just be happier
0: yeah the uh, self awareness that that requires is amazing and it requires like some space a little less stress it requires a bunch of a bunch of things so uh, i l- i love all of this how
1: did you how did you guys discover nbc um i read a book um, by Marshall Rosenberg. It was just on the bookshelf of one of my friends, um, Speak Peace in a World of Conflict. And I was so moved by it that when I moved to New York, we, we're in Texas right now, but we, we used to live in California and then New York before that. When I was in New York, I, I started taking classes at the New York Center for Nonviolent Communication. And there was just something that just immediately grabbed me about it. I, I think that um, growing up in a maybe traditional, almost religious household. You know, we're, lear- we're learning that there's right and wrong, good and bad. And NVC like kind of blows that all apart and says, no, there's no such thing as evil. There's no such thing as good and bad. It's just people doing the best they know how to get their needs met. And if we can see the world in that way, we can learn how to work together to get everybody's needs met. So instead of saying, um, you're a bad husband, you deserve to be punished. It's it's what were the needs that were alive in you when you did X Y and Z, and how can we work together so that both of our needs get met, both of us matter. And I just thought it was such a beautiful philosophy, just imbued in compassion and optimism and our humanity. So um, that's that's what I loved about it. And I just pulled Matt into the into the uh, into the classes in in New York, and he loved it himself. And I don't know, Matt, if you want to say a little bit more about. What appealed to you about it, or how you decided to pursue it?
2: Yeah, I I definitely got into it because of Sanina, uh, and I I can't say that I I would have found it you know without her. But um, you know, it was it was something that I think took a little bit of more time for me to really understand what it is, um, because it, it felt like the, all these big ideas, and and uh, I think you know uh, I just had no experience with any of it, but.
0: Was it really different from the way you were raised, language-wise?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I feel so fortunate. You know, I had this, I have these two amazing parents who, you know, supported me and loved me so much. And I think they really encouraged uh, my brother and I, you know, to do whatever we wanted in the world. I know I I felt confident in their unconditional love, and so I, I felt all this intellectual freedom, you know, to kind of pursue, find the life that I wanted to. And I think what I've learned since then is that the journey that I've been on is more learning about kind of a more emotional freedom and emotional curiosity, because we just didn't really have that language uh, when I was growing up. We just didn't really talk about our feelings and try and understand not just, okay, well, we, what do we want to do that is going to be fun and interesting and exciting and, and enrich our lives, but also like what's, what's making us happy? You know, what what is fulfilling to us? excuse me, And I think as I got deeper in NVC, I realized this is actually a framework of understanding what is going to fulfill me, what is going to make my life feel complete. And, you know, so like the the deeper I get into it, the more, the bigger part of my life it becomes. Definitely.
0: There's so much that you mentioned there. Like, um, you know, you talked, uh, alluded a little bit to like how our culture and for a lot of us, our upbringing is kind of inherently kind of judgmental i mean i kind of i see our culture as being very judgmental you know um and you said that in nonviolent communication there's no right and there's no wrong there's no good and there's no evil there's just human beings doing the best they can and trying to get their needs met and this is so wonderful which is this is like it coincides so beautifully with um mindful parenting which is why i love it but the we nonviolent communication talks about it kind of describes this like as like this is like a language of disconnection so i'm just wondering if maybe you could first help us kind of understand the way our the more you know more mainstream habitual language is like disconnecting um you know talking about nbc talks about like diagnosis and denial of responsibility
1: maybe you can talk about those things a little bit I think that we are conditioned to judge um, I think it's a very it's a very human thing to judge I'm not here to say whether it's learned from our culture or whether it's kind of a survival mechanism you know like we have to judge what's safe and what's not safe when we're Mm -hmm. you know like the snake is bad and the apple is good right like I'm not sure if it's inbuilt in us biologically or if we've learned it in our culture, but we definitely at least have this easy tendency to say that was wrong, what you did was wrong. In a relationship, you should be this way, or as a student or as a daughter, you should be this way. And I definitely got those messages growing up as an Indian, a young Indian woman um, raised by kind of an Indian society. And, And so it's very easy. Our religion tells us that as well, right? This is right, this is wrong, this is good and bad. If you do something bad, you deserve punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do something good, you deserve reward. It's very much inbuilt in the way that we see the world. the the For me, the, the reason why judgments aren't as um, helpful for me is because in my mind, they are hiding what is truly going on beneath ourselves. So the example with Matt, when he wanted to blame my mom, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. He could have said, you know, My mom's name is Saju. Saju, you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z because I want to be close to my daughter or whatever. He could go off into blaming her and judging her. And that masks the fact that all of his struggles was coming from his pain at wanting a deeper connection with his daughter. That was the core of what was going on. That was the human part of him that was alive. And he was projecting that by blaming things on her and, and judging her actions and her behaviors. And so we, we like to say this, you know, in our podcast, where we're talking to each other, that all of our judgments are masking our underlying pain. There is pain underneath it. Something as simple as, you know, we used to teach NVC um, at Donovan Correctional Facility in San Diego. We taught 25 inmates. Um, we did it three times at Donovan Correctional Facility. And something as simple as one of the inmates, inmates saying, you know, this other guy laughed at me for... Um, wearing this shirt that I like, he pointed and he laughed and he said that I looked stupid. Um, that simple judgment of you look stupid in that shirt could be coming from this source of pain of like, I know that I'm judged by what I wear. And and so now I'm going to be judging others. So for me, the, the limitation of judgment is it's masking what's truly going on at the human level. And if we can speak instead at that human level, we can reach a lot more understanding and And move together, society, to make things better. Um, I don't know if that. Yeah, no. I mean, I think like what you're describing.
0: You're right, and and what you're describing requires a lot of vulnerability. And I think that we're often, I mean, so we're often, especially in parenting, we're conventionally we're often in a a kind of. like a, a me versus you dynamic, right? Like there's, there's all this language about like, pick your battles. Like there's all this like war language in parenting, right? Um, yeah we're defensive. Uh, and what you're describing requires a lot of self-awareness and vulnerability. Um, and I guess in, yeah, I mean, I guess that it's that vulnerability and that can be, and also disconnection from ourselves. This, this reticence to be vulnerable, right, to take down those defenses and this um, just like a lack of awareness of what are actually our feelings and sensations and all of those things are. All, those two things can be real barriers to to starting to even like kind of understand or open or embrace this sort of new, this, this different way of communicating and, and being in the world.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think you really hit it on, on the head when you said that, you know, we just grow up not knowing this. We don't realize that being curious, being vulnerable is an option, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it's so easy to grow up. And I, and I, I think I grew up this way too, thinking that, you know, being in a relationship, somebody is winning. You know, somebody has to win. Uh, you, have, you win the argument. You win over, even if it's like, okay, well, I get to choose, you know, where we're we eating. And, you know, and, or just any kind of decision has a winner and a loser. And I think the powerful thing with NVC is it reframes what winning is to how can I find partnership with somebody? How can we work together to meet both of our needs? And it's only something I think that is possible when you start learning what is curiosity. You know, what does it mean to be vulnerable? Does that become possible? But yeah, for I, I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> you know, and and suddenly once you realize that it's possible, you can see that it. it you can add it in any relationship in your life, whether it's your your child, um, you know, your romantic partner, your parents, your family, your friends. Um, suddenly, every relationship then can be reframed in this way that you're not necessarily winning or losing. You're just, you know, trying to create the relationship that you want with that person.
1: And I think that, and I think that this vulnerability, I mean we've got, we've got thought leaders now talking about vulnerability and how powerful it is. I think that oftentimes we don't realize that by being vulnerable, we are opening the potential for a deeper relationship. We are there's this trust that I've developed that when I can be truly honest about what's going on inside of me the whole conversation shifts. The other person sees that vulnerability, they soften and they're willing to say, "Okay, how do we get both of our needs met?" It it really that vulnerability can can instantly transform this adversarial who's winning the argument to, "Oh wow. Um, let me share what's coming up for me as well when I'm listening to you. it." It just transforms the dynamic. And I think one thing we like to share is that it doesn't require both sides to be versed in these practices. It doesn't mean both of us have to know about these underlying needs and vulnerability and trust and all of that. It can start with just one side, you know, of of being able to express clearly from that deeper space and also being able to reflect when the other person is saying things that might be hurtful, that's not using the vulnerable language, the, the language of needs. You can translate and say, oh, is what you're saying X, Y, and Z? So it just takes one person to learn these skills, I think, to transform relationships, and that's what I've found in my own life. I can attest to that too. I mean, so in the mindful parenting membership, we recently
0: had a we were talking about iMessages, and we, we so it was like slightly different format than than NBC, but talking about the idea of what do we do with an adolescent uh, who comes at you with like an attitude? They're talking it. <laughs> and I've gotten an adolescent, so this is very close to home, and so what I've found that when my teenage daughter just has an attitude for some reason, and I, and I explain to her, I say, and I, what I do is, in, you know, she's defensive, and I can feel that, right, like, and so I open up, I open up, I, I get into that open, vulnerable place, and, and and it does disarm the situation, so honey, when you talk to me like that, Feel sad you know it hard to hard to be around you I feel sad it really kind of breaks my heart and you know she a lot of times she's just like she just like walks away doesn't say anything but the next time then we have an interaction it's less combative you know it's the hurt she's it's disarmed that it's, it's disarmed her to use that sort of language again. And so, uh, there's, I just want to share that example of that vulnerability being a, uh, being a strength.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, Matt, were you going to say something? You'll get there, you guys, you'll get there. You got a few years, but.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, we have that to look forward to. Um, (laughs) Um, but I mean, what you're describing is something that I know we experience in our relationships, definitely even with each other. Um, you know, there's always this moment, it feels like, where you recognize, okay, we are, there's a, a conflict, there's a there's a difference in, you know, our goals, maybe in this moment. And it's like, we can either turn it into a fight, or we can maybe turn it in the, in the other direction. And I think one thing with, that we've been learning to do with each other in particular, is to try and make that first step. And it can be like the smallest little step. And what we found is that it leads to like, what we call like a softening, mm-hmm. you know, instead of this like hard you know, conflict coming up, it's like this, this that it, it paves the way for that curiosity, for that vulnerability. And, and so what we like to practice is just a little like little empathy ex, uh, exercise, which is, you know, just guessing like, hey, you know, it sounds like you're feeling really mad, you know, because I, I did this one thing or because this one thing happened. You know, is that true? And and just that, just that little question, you could be wrong. You could be completely wrong. But then the other person might say, you know what? Yeah, you're not right there, but like, it's actually like this. And then they want to share more. They want to explain. Instead of trying to fight and win that argument, they're actually trying to reach mutual understanding. And so you're coming together and you're actually paving the way to kind of you know, come back together and and just completely uh, sidestep that argument that you're headed toward.
1: And I'd love to just build on that a little bit. You talked about giving empathy. And with NBC, empathy, empathy means the feelings and needs, guessing feelings and needs. Um, are you feeling angry because you just wanted more respect in that moment or you wanted more understanding or whatever? And um, sometimes we do it with gritted teeth. Like, <laughs> you know, we're we're angry. And it just takes one of us to like start that process, even if it's through gritted teeth and it just takes the conversation a different direction and and it allows more connection and understanding and and peace. And I can say that in the beginning of a relationship when I was learning these skills, I would always offer that to Matt. And he would kind of like after a while say like, I feel guilty, like, you know, I'm saying all this harsh stuff and you're just giving me empathy in return. And um, I'm so sorry that I I don't have those skills myself, but thank you. Like it helps resolve, it, it helps us understand each other. Now he's totally leapfrogged me. Where he's the one in our arguments who starts off that that process um as hard as it may be for him. And I'm just so grateful that um that we have that tool to rely on so that we can use our conflicts for understanding.
2: Yeah, it is really, really hard to stay mad at somebody who's giving you empathy or trying I'm to.
1: Trying empathy. to understand what's happening
0: in your heart. It must be frustrating if you really like you're on like a little rampage and
1: we want to be mad madly, <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: You're like,
1: darn, I can't. <laughs> I've, I've dealt with that before and sometimes i mean like i don't want empathy right now okay leave me alone i want to be mad and and that's part of it too and and then you take a break and then you come back
2: and so um yeah and it actually that's that's even something that we ask each other sometimes and because sometimes you know you just want to vent you just want to like complain you don't want to yell you want to do something and sometimes we'll ask each other like well, hey do you want empathy You're like no i just i just want to yell right now i just want you, to, okay. listen, our- yeah, just want you to listen yeah
0: uh, now, so I want to just kind of I we definitely touched on a bunch of the benefits here, but could if you could give us kind of a quick snapshot of kind of the before and after, like what are what
1: are the benefits that you see of starting to practice this? The number one thing is just closer relationships. I said across the board, all my relationships have improved. Even if I don't give empathy, I can guess in my head what might be going on with that other person, take things less personally less conflict. So absolutely in all of my relationships. Um, and one of the major things I've found is just understanding myself better. When I'm having really difficult emotions, um, I can take that moment and I can ask Matt, can you help me talk through this? Or I can talk through it myself and just get to the core of what's going on. And, and I I've really, I've seen it over and over again. When I can dive down to that need and that feeling, there's relief of understanding. And then I can come up with strategies of, well, if I if I want more connection, what do I need to do to get that met? I can give you a quick example of my relationship with Matt when we were first dating. I had this dream growing up that I was going to find my purpose in my relationship. I was going to marry somebody who was going to show me what my life purpose is. I wanted to save the world, help the kids in orphanages, or whatever it is, and I was going to find someone who was going to show me the way and we could work together on that. And I met Matt, this lovely man who just who wanted to love and be loved, and have a family, and and build a life with someone, and, and it was in the back of my mind, but what about my purpose? What about my purpose? And then I took an NVC class, and we learned about how you can have different strategies to meet your different needs, and it just clicked. My relationship doesn't have to meet every single one of my needs. I can figure out how to get my need for purpose met in other ways, and so this emotional slavery, I don't know if that's what you meant, Hunter, when you said those words, this idea that my partner has to meet all of my needs, is it's not healthy. And I was able with NVC to understand I can know what my needs are and figure out strategies to get them met um, in different ways. And it just so happened that Matt and I ended up doing this work together. So I do find my purpose through him um, in some ways. We're doing it together. But, um, but yeah, it helped me make those types of decisions about my well-being.
0: Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break.
4: I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom.
3: Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs)
0: It's like a radical responsibility. There's a, a big component of responsibility that's really woven all throughout NBC, and yeah. we, it talks about taking care, you know, taking responsibility
1: for your own feelings in in a major way too, right? Absolutely. Just as Matt's example, it's not my mom, my mom's fault. He had pain inside of him. So taking taking responsibility, I want more connection with my daughter. What do I need to do to get that connection and not think that it's my, my mom, my mother-in-law's job to do it. Right, Matt? Is that how you would?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. It, it, go on.
0: No, I was going to say, and I would translate that a lot. Like for parents, we can translate all that a lot into, it's not my child's job to make me happy. It's not my child's job to make me fulfilled. It's not my child's job to make me feel at ease and at peace and grounded. Those are all the things I am responsible for so that and then, I, then I can show up fully. Like we come into parenting, we want that feel-good feeling of that love and that loving, but sometimes we in, end up inadvertently projecting this onto our child, your own needs for feeling happy, feeling relaxed, feeling fulfilled, all of those things.
2: Yeah, and it's empowering when you have that realization I think Um, you know when you can see all the choices all the strategies that are available to you it's it's kind of uh, liberating I think yeah when you finally reach that point
0: yeah yeah there's like a freedom there and and a power which is really cool you're kind of like you step into your own power so I would love for you to like kind of just describe what the NVC process is you know the observe the feeling identifying needs can you kind of walk us through that
1: you want me to take that, Matt? Absolutely. Okay. We actually kind of caution ourselves in explaining this process because there's so much to the practice of it. Like, it has to be practiced. That, that OFNR process, observations, feeling, needs, request, um, it's like when you're learning a new language, you kind of learn textbook sayings, right? And you don't necessarily use those phrases in real life. You're, you're learning them to practice. Um, so that you can understand the process and then you can kind of translate that into normal, natural speak. But if we are going to that kind of nuts and bolts of NVC, um, it is a, a four-stage process, observations, feeling, needs, and requests. The first one is observation. So if there's something that is is troubling you about what somebody is doing, um, you can observe it without judgment. So if I come home and Matt's clothes are all over the floor or something, instead of saying, Matt, when you're you're being such a, a slob, right? There's a judgment there. It's in hard then, for you to say that. So I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so that's like a harsh judgment. And, and it's just saying that. It's like, you know, Matt, when I came home and I saw your clothes on the floor, there's so whatever can be um, videotaped, you can see in a video camera, for instance, it's a uh, judgment free. And that takes practice, by the way, because a lot of the times the things we say, we think they're judgment free and they're not. So that takes practice. And then so when I see I saw your clothes on the floor. I felt, and then you use a feeling word. And back to what you were saying earlier, Hunter, we often confuse emotions with things that come after the words I feel. So sometimes we say I feel um, disrespected or I feel um, taken advantage of or I feel abandoned. There are all of these words um, that imply judgment, that you've abandoned me, you're taking advantage of me, you're not respecting me. A feeling is an emotion that arises. And we actually have a list of these feelings on our website if you want to check it out the happywanderersclub.com and it's emotions so for instance when i see i came home and i saw your clothes on the floor i felt really tired and frustrated um and then the next step is need what need of yours wasn't met so we also have a list of needs um on our website which really helps get down to these universal needs that every human being has so you won't see things like money or fame or, or things like that on the needs list, because those are not universal needs. Those are um, money is a strategy to get our needs met for maybe comfort or safety or whatever. So that list has the list of the universal human needs. So I may say when I come home and I, I saw your clothes on the floor and I felt really tired and, and sad and frustrated because I really need order and ease when I come home from a long day at work. So order and ease are needs on that list. Um, so that's observation, feeling, needs, and then, and then you can hear, you know, what comes up for you, Matt, when you hear that, and then he can re- use NVC language to to share with anybody's feeling, and then at the end is the request, and the request is, would you be willing, you know, uh, when you know that I'm coming home, would you be willing to just take a quick look around the house and see if you can pick up anything before I come home, because that really would help me feel that ease and and order when I come home from work, and then. The, the characteristic of a request is it's not a demand. You're not saying do it or else. You're saying, how does that sound to you? And so Matt can respond and say, you know, that's really hard for me because when you come home from work, I'm really busy. And then you can have a dialogue of, of strategies that you can both agree on so that my need for order and ease are met and his need for order and ease are met or whatever other needs he has. So those are the four steps. Observation, feeling, needs, request. Um, and... They take a lot of practice, but but when you are able to do it, Hunter, I, I really think NVC is like a superpower um, because you can speak and communicate in a way that is so much easier for the other person to hear and want to cooperate with you. Um, and and yeah, with enough practice, it becomes like this easy way of responding to people, and mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, it becomes like a superpower in my mind. And and we would we are we created the Happy Wanderers Club to talk about it. Um, about how we're exploring this in our lives, but we're also going to be launching a course to help teach people these skills. Um, and so we, you know, invite anybody who would who wants to learn more to come to our website sign up for our mailing our list.
0: And so when you say like your clothes are all over the floor, you know, I see all these clothes all over the floor. I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling tired and frustrated. With the beauty of that is that there's not a lot to argue with what because kind of what's the opposite of what we would say normally we would say Ugh. i mean actually i mean it's actually kind of hard and some sometimes for now to kind of think about like what is the opposite way you, you know you're such a slob or this is you know or i mean i don't know i walk around and i kvetched myself a little bit i'm sure a little complaining to myself it's such a mess in here all that stuff um now one of the things that um you know, can you, you, can you give us like, um, kind of an example of this? Like, um, a, a, another example, like for instance, like, you know, what if you, you know, you were, uh, you are with, uh, you were with a, a two-year-old who's like whacking you in the shin that did, like, <laughs> let's just go there. <laughs> How, how might you translate this your the NBC um, steps
1: into that? Sure. Um, so I don't have a two year old, so <laughs> I'm gonna cry here. And and all of this, we're actually really excited to bring this into our parenting as Inara grows up. Um, but I would say what I would um, try first is, "Ouch, Inara, that hurts." You know, we don't even have to go through all the OFNR, right? And that's just the the thing we learn when we're trying to understand MVC. But ouch, Inara, that hurts. Um, Are you wanting to play? Can we find a way to play that doesn't hurt mommy? Something like that.
0: That's beautiful because you're saying, you're expressing how her actions are affecting you, your your needs and your feelings. And you're looking at her needs too. So in that situation, it's like, what are your needs? What are my needs? But- kind of in in a nutshell rather than and the request uh is often in this positive language so like rather than stop hitting you might say something in a positive way
1: like what uh, is is there something else we can do to play that doesn't hurt mommy right so you're you're asking tell me i and here's the beautiful thing that i'm excited to practice with anara is i just i hear so many times we just tell our kids no stop it. Don't do that. Stop it. Without wondering why are they doing that? What need are they trying to meet? And can we offer an alternative that gets all of our needs met? Um, Mm -hmm. And and acknowledging that your children have needs too, and their needs matter as much as ours do. So um, yeah, so you're offering your, your work, you're having a partnership to figure out what can we do so that we get your need for curiosity and play met that also gets my need for comfort and ease met. Yeah.
0: And has paying paying attention to the language of needs, and has it helped you kind of discover needs? You know, for instance, like has ha, have you been in situations where you're like feeling a discomfort, you're feeling whatever, you're feeling a disconnect, a discomfort, etc. And has it helped you to to kind of say, oh, I didn't even realize I I had this need before I started to kind of bring this process of self-awareness and self-exploration into it? Has that happened
1: for either of you? Matt, do you want to answer that? Anything coming to mind? I'm
2: trying to think of a good example. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know the answer is yes. Absolutely. I'm <laughs> trying to think of a good example. Do you have one on, on top of your head?
1: I, I think that because I was raised to just, you know, be strong and not need anybody, there were a lot of needs in the connection bucket, things like acceptance um, that I just I'd never. So it's not that I discovered new needs. It's that I appreciated how important those needs were to me, like the need for acceptance. Like We hear we hear so many messages about how we shouldn't care what other people think. We should live our own lives. And yet, as human beings, we do want to be accepted. So whether it's just self-acceptance, like I in the mirror every day say, I accept you, I approve you, I love you. And, It comes from yourself or you find it in a partnership with your romantic partner or your mom or whatever. Um, It's helped me give and give value to those needs where in the past, maybe I dismissed them and said, no, that's not important. I shouldn't care about that. Were you raised in kind of a
0: um, like kind of a culture where women are expected to kind of martyr ourselves for our kids and our family and, and everybody else?
1: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. it's how it's how we serve it's all about how do you serve um others yeah yeah so it can be hard
0: to in the i mean i'll know a lot of the listeners uh will relate to that regardless you know regardless of what culture they're coming from that's it's in so many cultures this you know I i really think it comes from the Time when women were considered property, and and their their val- only value was in how they raised children and served the men in the family. And so, I think it's a leftover of that. Um, but it can be really hard to claim our own needs uh, when we when we come from that and to and to say I have needs too, and my needs matter. Especially when you have a young child, you know, like we have a need for sleep. <laughs> we have a need. You may be, you know, we may be nursing a child or, or not or whatever, but you may have need for time to yourself. Are you struggling with any
1: of those issues specifically? I still struggle to this day, even without, you know, having a child because it's so inbuilt in me to just be strong and serve others. It's it's an ongoing struggle for me till today to really embrace my needs. And NBC has helped me become better about that but it's still a work in pro- progress and the the reason i know matt wanted to share this example um of the reason we decided to come to texas and and live with my mom was because we realized we had these needs and it was really hard especially in the pandemic to to take care of ourselves as well as a young child um so we had conversations of look we, we have these needs what are what can we do to make things easier on ourselves to get our needs met and that's why we decided to come come with my mom and it has um, helped us a lot in many ways being honest about, about what it is that we need Is there anything you wanted to add Matt?
2: Yeah I mean just going back to what you're saying about coming here I'm, I mean we were doing everything we could I think to to meet as many of our needs as possible to support ourselves as, as parents as people you know and it was incredibly incredibly hard because you know we were having work done on our house where our house wasn't even fully available to us. Um, you know, all of our our friends and, and community just didn't feel accessible because of the pandemic, and you know we had a newborn baby, and we were really struggling to just support each other and our and ourselves. You know, we're not you're not sleeping, yeah. and um, you know everything was scary i mean i you know as first time parents and uh, you know just being parenting uh it's 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 hard you know you don't necessarily know exactly what to do and then on top of that i mean i used to get angry you know at my at my parents and and so many people because they would say well you know being a parent is hard i'm like well were you a parent in a pandemic and you know a recession and you know and i'll see your house is like falling apart you know and and, and so all that stuff was happening and, and it was like well what can we do you know after we were finally acknowledging okay this is this is a situation these are all the feelings this is what we need we need that support we need space we need all these things we're not getting here what can we do and initially the idea of driving 1500 miles in you know, a with a three four months year four months old it seemed crazy to me but the more we realized and, and talked about what we needed it felt like that was the solution that was the strategy that we could actually take so that's why we did it
0: yeah, greater needs require greater resources, you know, and, and you were able to identify that you have some big needs, going yeah. on, you know, like there was a lot, there's a lot of needs there. And I, and I, what I want to kind of highlight from what Matt and Sunaina said there is that, is the awareness of what their needs were and not, and an attitude of, we can figure this out, we can get our needs met, rather than I just have to suffer through this. I, I, we just have to push on through. And what you brought to that was, a uh, uh, curiosity, right. Which is, uh, a mindfulness, curio- curiosity and awareness, which is all about mindfulness and, mm-hmm. and, and some creativity, which I think is really beautiful. And, and, you know, I don't know how many solutions you like or conversations you went through to get to this, like one solution that you're, you're testing out and going with right now. But like, we often think like, you know, we don't, we don't push ourselves through to like, go through, like, can I, can I come up with like five more solutions? Can I, you know, that, that creativity, that curiosity. And, and, and I appreciate that you, the way you brought that to the forefront. Um, Well, this is so cool. Um, Dear listener, you should check out Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg, old classic, wonderful book and as sunaina and matt said they have a podcast the happy wanderers um do you have any final words that you want the listener to leave with maybe if somebody's discovering this discovering nbc for the first time and this has sparked
1: their curiosity i would say join us for the the ride because we're learning how to apply this stuff to our lives it has changed my life um absolutely clearly changed my life and i think you were you were hinting at this earlier hunter about how we want this to be taught in schools it's it's such a powerful tool and it hasn't gone mainstream yet um, and that's one of the reasons we're doing this work we're going to be launching the course we're doing the podcast is because we want this to go mainstream and um because it has a potential to, to transform relationships all over the world i think so that's my message is join us we would love to um, to learn along with you.
2: Yeah, and, and just to add on on to that, I, I think you know, even if you have great relationships with your kids, with your parents, or um, like I you know, I, I feel like I have a great relationship with my parents, but learning NBC, I was able to understand even more and express more of my gratitude for how they've raised me and and um and so it strengthened my relationship with my parents. And, and uh, I believe as, as our baby grows up, you know, I'll be able to express to her, you know, all of my feelings and, and, uh, and just, I think it'll, it'll strengthen our relationship even more than it would have been possible without knowing it. So, so it's, it almost doesn't matter at what stage, what kind of relationship you have with people. It will always, it's always possible to get, make them stronger uh, through NBC, I believe.
0: Thank you guys so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. Thank you for doing the work that you're doing and, and sharing it with everybody. I really appreciate that, you know, the the bringing it to the forefront and, and making it accessible in your, your own particular voice. It, it, it really matters. And so I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank,
2: Thank you so much you. for having us. Yeah.
0: I love what Sunaina and Matt had to say about softening. Ah, you know, like the pace of our life and all these different things that can lead us to be, you know, and and the like achievement orientation of our society can lead us to be so like hard and rigid and fixed. And that softening really, really is the key. And all the things we talked about here in this episode is the work that we do in the Mindful Parenting membership. So if you liked what you heard today, about improving your communication, about softening, about being more mindful. You know, and if you're ready to take it deeper, you know, you're ready to turn things around and transform your family life, check out the Mindful Parenting membership. Get on the waitlist. It's at mindfulparentingcourse.com. And I'll send you some great free stuff when you get on the waitlist. And when the time is right, we'll open the doors and maybe you can join the hundreds of families around the world who are part of this revolution. We'd love to have you too. So I love doing the podcast. I love offering this. But the people I help most are those that join Mindful Parenting. So it's awesome. Mindfulparentingcourse.com and join the wait list. And that's it, I think. I am going to have another short solo episode coming out Friday. So make sure you're subscribed. And if you like it, leave ratings and stuff like that. Share it with friends. Tag me. It's so great when you do that. I love it, love it, love it. And get your copy of Raising Good Humans. You want to take it deeper. You want to take the next step. Get Raising Good Humans on audiobook. Someone else is narrating it. Have you listened? I think you can like get it on Audible or something like that and listen to the first couple bits of it. And it's this other voice. I asked them if I could narrate the audiobook, but they said no. So there's some other person narrating it. it sounds so weird to me. I don't know. I'm sure it'll sound normal. If you want to listen to it, get the audio It'll sound normal pretty soon. And that's it, my friend. I'm so glad to connect with you. I'm really glad to be back from my travels. You know, going away gives you this perspective on what you have right here. It was so nice to step away from everything for a while. But now I'm so glad to be back. I'm glad to be connecting. And I, I can't wait to talk to you again soon on the podcast. And I'm wishing you a beautiful week, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me, for listening. So grateful for you. Have a beautiful week. Namaste.
1: I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better